What's up, Gen X? Welcome back to the water cooler and Merry Christmas. And I hope that you are like me and Clark Griswold and you have worked your last day of the year and you get to enjoy this week in the warm arms of Kith and Kin. So with that in mind, I thought we would do something a little bit different uh, this week at the water cooler. And rather than discuss the nonsense of the day, and which is filled with inflation and Biden and Omicron and a bunch of other nonsense, we, we can leave all of that behind for this week and uh, talk a little bit more about stuff that uh, we Gen Xers can relate to as peers. And no, and I, I don't mean who is more pathetic, weekend softball guy or weekend improv guy. We will play that game another day. But today I want to talk uh, you know, a little bit about the sort of uh, inborn uh, cynicism that we have as a generation and, and much because of, of all the the different uh, things that we've gone through and we we expect the worst and we trust no one um but i i was thinking uh, this past week how uh, likely because of that i i have grown an acute hatred to all things poetry <laughs> i know that sounds really weird but really you can include any kind of vapid inspirational quotes along with that you know like live laugh love and she believed she could so she did and life doesn't make narrative sense and you know, all that all that kind of vapid nonsense and you can include those goofy inspirational quote uh posters that you would see in in the 1990s office you know with like a mountain or a rock climber or something that you know like inspiration or or teamwork or perseverance and with some little trite saying underneath it and if if you're like me as a as a good cynical member of gen x anytime you saw that your eyes would roll <laughs> I, I don't know what what it is but I, I remember being in 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 literature class and you know we do some kind of poetry in it or even discussing kind of literature and you know the teacher would come around and you'd read something and they'd say well what do you think that what, what does that say i remember looking down at at my book and being like, freaking says it right there. He, he wrote it. He's it's, it says what it says, you know. And to, and to try to come up with some flowery, nonsensical, trite thing where kind of loops in your own personal crisis or whatever and relates to. And I I could not sit in those classes and without getting whiplash from my eyes rolling so fast. <laughs> I just I just couldn't do it, you know. Any any kind of any poetry, any of those vapid inspirational quotes. I don't know. And I know the Karens among us love those kind of things. You know, they've decorated our homes with that for, for a couple of decades. But, you know, I, for one, I just, I, I can't do it. I, I can't, I can't bring myself to, you know, to do it. But, you know, that's just, I think that's just how I'm wired. And, and you know, that, uh, you know, I, I once dated a girl who was really into poetry, loved all things poetry. You know, she'd read the, the floweriest verse and and oh isn't that beautiful and i would snicker <laughs> no <laughs> yeah okay and then i would I, I couldn't read it without being being cynical about whatever was uh was was being written and i mean a lot of good that did me because she cheated on on me with some dude who did like poetry you know so you know who, 
<laughs> made jokes on me, right? But uh, I, I, I just couldn't do it. You know, I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I, I can't. I, I, whatever. You know, and and, and I, maybe you're like me. Maybe I'm out on an island. I don't know. But you know, poetry and all those inspirational nonsense. I just can't do it. And so now, when you're scrolling social media and you see all that kind of stuff, you know, unless it's some kind of sarcastic meme. <laughs> It doesn't ring true to me at all, you know. The, it, it, maybe that's why "Let's Go Brandon" means a lot, you know, to me because it's, you know, it's it, it's, uh, you know, roasting somebody with it or it's you know, having some kind of snarky take on whatever. But uh, you know, poetry, no, no, not 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 for me. Uh, another thing I was thinking about, um, you know, this this past uh, this past year is. Well, you know, things that happen and and the way you know people respond and and I I know I'm I for one am at odds with this and I think it's probably you know a, a generational thing it's something that we Gen Xers are that are it's foreign to us and you know, we don't relate to it and that is this weird culture of victimhood that seems to have taken hold at least you know here in in our our Western cultures. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, people now really, really seem to take pride in their victim status, and they want to, you know, trip over each other and and try to claim like some most aggrieved victim victimhood, and um, and it's just it's really odd. And so they they find a lot of virtue in this in being a victim rather than overcoming challenges and I think that's where I become at odds with it and and I would imagine that you fellow Gen Xers are the same is you know growing up you know we would put at a premium you know people who persevered people who accomplished things despite you know insurmountable odds and you know, that's why a lot of the the movies and TV shows that we grew up with meant a lot because you know there was uh you know, you know people who had to overcome some challenge and, and, and in doing so, you know, there was some kind of growth and it, it, it meant something when, when they overcame it and you could admire it. And it's something that you could aspire to and, and, or you could relate to it somehow because you had your own struggles, your own challenges uh, that you had to deal with. But that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. And really, I mean, if you can look at any kind of movie or TV show anymore, um, you know, the very seldom do you see anybody participate in the hero's journey, right? I mean, typically, the conflict is within someone's circumstances, and that's it. And the the whole focus of the movie or the show is having everybody appreciate and wallow in the circumstance that you know the the main protagonist finds themselves in, and that's it. I think I may have mentioned before, but I remember like I thought that when I saw Moana with my daughter when that came out in the theaters. I mean, it's a cute movie, catchy songs, whatever. It's Disney, fine. But I remember really being caught by the fact that at the end of the movie, the main character, Moana, was the same as she was in the very beginning. You know, there wasn't... I mean, there were some challenges and things that had to be had to be done, but it's not like she learned from it. It's not like she changed at all and she came out better for it. You know, she started off being smart, awesome, wise, and adventurous, and her main struggle was having everybody else realizing that she was smart and 
strong and adventurous. And once everybody came to that understanding, roll credits. It was just really, really weird. And it's not something that is only with Moana. You see that over and over again. I mean, look at the Star Wars prequels and how just awful and vapid those were with, you know, Rey, who had the potential to be a really, really compelling character, but she was just awesome and smart and could do everything that the plot needed her to be, right? And by the time the the movie ended, uh, she was the same as she started, but she just realized, oh, wow, I'm, I'm even stronger than than I, I, I thought I was. Roll credits. I mean, it's just it's just really really weird. But again, we we have this, and I think the reason why is we put at a premium now. This culture of victimhood. Now, I don't know if it's because of you know, intersectionality is taking so much of, of a forefront in our culture, but it it is definitely a thing, you know. And for although there there are merits to some of it, you know, I I think removing stigmas is good. Removing shame for people experiencing very human struggles is is good but there's also a big difference between removing stigmas and uh, giving hero status to somebody who has a problem right like for example anxiety there are all different types of anxieties and stress that everybody deals with that's just part of us being human but you know we need to avoid pathologizing all anxiety, right? Just the fact that you have anxiety does not make you a hero. Just the fact that you struggle with anxiety does not make you a hero. The fact that you overcome it makes you a hero. The fact that you can persevere and do things in spite of your anxiety, that's what makes you great. That's what gives you some kind of accomplishment. But in our culture, we definitely do not seem to do that. And it's it's something that I find very odd, and it seems to only be getting worse as, as time goes on. And it's something that I definitely relate to less and less and less, you know. But, but again, that, that could be just me, but it feels very much like a Gen X thing. You know, we're, we're used to working hard. We're used to doing things and not getting any kind of credit or any kind of uh, praise for things. We just do it because we need to. We do it because it's the right thing to do. And even if nobody sees it, we do it anyway, right? That's just kind of how we're, how we're wired. And, the, and another thing that has, has occurred to me, and then maybe kind of semi-related to this culture of victimhood, is it, it kind of goes along with how loosely language is interpreted and and used and and really kind of manipulated and, t- and twisted. And partic- what I'm talking about particularly is this notion of my truth. And, and you hear that all the time, you know, it, a lot with the Me Too movement, and, and I'll you know, contextualize that in a second. But it's something that I find very, very odd, the way that it's used. Not too dissimilar with the way that literally is used. You know, how many times have you heard someone say something to the effect of, oh my goodness, I literally died when I saw blah, 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 blah. Well, obviously, no, you didn't literally die. You figuratively felt like you're going to die, but you didn't literally die, obviously, or you wouldn't be here or whatever. But it's just something that you know, the way that, that it's used in, in a way that it's not actually defined. And this whole n- nonsense with my truth, I feel like it's very, very similar to that. And what I mean by that is there is a big, big difference between my truth and 
my perspective. Because really, there is no my truth. There is your experience. There's your perspective. There's your opinion. There's your ideas. But there is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is the truth. As far as truth concerns, truth is absolute, right? One plus one equals two. Two plus two equals four, despite what Twitter will tell you. There are these absolutes in 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 the world and in science and in math and what have you. They're, it's definable. It's objective. It's explainable. That is truth. Truth is fact, and there's no denying it. Your perspective, however, is open to interpretation. It is open to your subjective uh, reality or, or what have you. And it's something that, again, the way language has been manipulated to really kind of take your perspective and your opinion into being the truth. Because your perspective may not always be the truth, right? It could be that you're a horse with blinders on, and from what you think, it could be true. That is your truth. But if you remove the blinders and you see the entire picture, well, you realize that you only saw a little bit of it, but had you seen the entire picture, you know, my truth would have been a little bit different. And I think about that in the context of like our our legal system. You know, we think justice is supposed to be blind, but in many, many ways, in many real ways, this whole notion of my truth kind of supersedes that. And my truth becomes the truth. And even if it's not the entire truth, um, it becomes what people run with. You know, I'm, you know, people believe allegations now simply based on the seriousness of those allegations. Whether or not it's true doesn't matter. But if it's my truth, that becomes the truth and people run with it and destroy lives. I'll give you an example. There was recently a, a story of a guy whose name's Dave Portnoy. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he started Barstool Sports. And to be tr- in all honesty, he kind of seems like a jag. You know, as much as I like sports, as much as I like talking about sports and following, you know, sports news and being up to date on things going on, you know, Dave Portnoy definitely seems like a your ultimate frat guy. You know, even though he's I don't even know how old he is, if he's in his 30s or what have you, but, you know, he just seems like you know, a walking stereotype and kind of a jag, even though he's been successful in building, you know, his media empire, um, you know, kind of seems like a like a, a douche, right? And recently, he has was hit with some very, very serious sexual assault allegations, really boring on rape allegations. And he came out... Contrary to what a lot of uh, a lot of people have done in this hashtag MeToo era, and came out very very aggressive against those allegations and had um, different uh, receipts and texts and, and things like that to to prove that what was being alleged was not at all the truth. Right? Even though it was it being portrayed as my truth, it wasn't the truth. And the the case that he made seemed to be very compelling. It's, he seemed to be proving his point quite a bit, even if, if he's quite skeevy, even if though he's creepy. And you know, I wouldn't want anybody that I know to be involved with him. You know, he definitely seems very uh, very skeevy. But what he was saying seemed to be the truth. But the truth seemed to conflict with 
my truth as told by his you know alleged uh, victim. You know, so what do you do with that, right? When my truth is taken as the truth, but the truth conflicts with my truth, then where do we go with that? You know, think about Johnny Depp and how he was alleged to very seriously being like a physical abuser of Amber Heard um, and emotional abuse and physical abuse. Well, as time went on and as different tapes and witnesses and, and things came out, Lo and behold, it turns out that Johnny Depp, everything that it seems, did not abuse Amber Heard, did not abuse her physically, did not abuse her emotionally and verbally. But Amber Heard was the one who was very abusive, physically, verbally, and otherwise. And what has been the fallout of that? The fallout of that has been that Johnny Depp lost... Many, many roles and million dollars that uh, follows that uh, from lose, losing those movie roles, including his role as Captain Jack Sparrow, which you know arguably is one of the most personalized characters in, in movies now, right? I mean, he, he completely made that uh, his own. But what about Amber Heard? She didn't lose her, her movie roles. In fact, the Aquaman 2 sequel is still rolling out and you know, I for one will absolutely not see that at all simply based on the fact that the studio who is quick to fire Johnny Depp was is quick to keep on and support Amber Heard and I just won't uh, I won't support that but again that we're, we're caught between my truth and the truth right when when her allegations came out simply based on the seriousness of those allegations, Johnny Depp loses just about everything, right? He loses his you know, career. He loses his reputation. Amber Heard, who you know, it seems like all, all indications are that, you know, she's actually the one who, who does those things and nothing happens, right? My truth versus my perspective, my, my truth versus, you know, my real intentions, you know, that, it, it, there seems to be a, a, a very nefarious tug of war that goes on um, when that type of thing happens. And, that, and I'm not to say that all these allegations are false. Clearly not. I don't know if you saw that one um, nanny cam video of you know, Zach Stacy, who is a you know, former, I believe he's a former uh, member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he was a fullback. But there was some video of him viciously beating his his girlfriend you know the mother of his child like in front of her you know and you know throws her into a tv the tv falls on her the baby's crying and and, and that guy physically just dwarfs that girl you know i mean he could do some serious harm to her um but it's just actually you know heart-wrenching video to watch that and that is genuine genuine abuse and that you know should not be minimized whatsoever but also what shouldn't be minimized is those who take advantage of people's good intentions and people's goodwill when they hear those type of allegations. You hear, you know, Johnny Depp, you know, abuses Amber Heard and what comes to mind is Zach Stacy. But in reality, Johnny Depp is not Zach Stacy. Amber Heard is much more like Zach Stacy than Johnny Depp is. But again, when we play around with words and, and meaning, that's what uh, that's what happens. Beginning you know, our our world, it, it seems so so upside down, and you know we're we're willing quickly willing to believe so many things that are are just bizarre and false. 
but compared to people wanting to believe in religion, you know, more and more as studies show, less and less people you know, believe in religion than, uh, than do. And it's some of the ways it almost seems like that may be part of the problem, but I find it really odd though, that not that people are, you know, disbelieve in religion, you know, whatever your faith is, that's fine. But the things that people are willing to believe in instead of faith is something that I find very, very curious. And I'm not talking about any one particular faith. I'm talking, you know, all, all faith, whether it's Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Shintoism, Taoism, whatever, right? In, when I say religion, I mean all of those in, you know, together, whatever kind of faith you have. But more and more people are less inclined to have any type of faith. But that doesn't mean that they're all necessarily atheist or, or agnostic, but they replace that faith with other things. And those other things become just as dogmatic, ironically, as the faith that they sort of mock in its place. I'll give you an example. Have you ever heard of the theory that, you know, and people, you know, they believe this thing, that we are living in a simulation? That, you know, whether it's, you know, aliens or what have you, you know, we're just, you know, it's just kind of a simulation. We're all moving through our, our robotic roles in this simulation and we're just, we're just, you know, have a part to play. And it, it's, the, none of this is real. It's all part of a simulation. I mean, people really, truly believe it. Or if you go to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there are people who believe in a multiverse. <laughs> like there are like other versions of you, like thousands of different versions of you in alternate realities that are living a similar but slightly different existence than you are now. And they really, truly believe this. But the notion that there's a, a supreme being and a, a savior figure that, that you have faith in, that's something to be mocked. <laughs> but li believing that space aliens have come down and have set this thing in motion and it's just a simulation. They're just trying to see how it plays out, you know, like uh, the old magnetic football game, tabletop football game. They believe it in their hearts. I mean, really, they have replaced any kind of faith in a religion with that. And it's weird. I find it weird. I find it weird. Now, whatever faith you want to have, believe it, and that's fine. But if you are mocking and, and insulting and putting down someone who does have faith and saying they're stupid, they're naive, they're whatever, they're, they're emotionally weak, and they just need to believe in this, whatever, but then you replace that with the belief in a simulation, I'm going to laugh at you. Because <laughs> I find that weird. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it just as I, I find weird that people you know, believe that they're personal behavior in Manhattan, Kansas will impact storm activity <laughs> as though somehow their behavior changes climate of the entire planet. It's just, it's so bizarre to me. I mean, they, but they, they truly believe it. They won't believe in faith. They don't believe in a Supreme being who is in, in charge of, of our, our earth and our world. You can't believe that, but you can believe that you using hairspray is going to make this thing warmer. It's just, I just, I can't wrap my mind around that. And, but you know, it seems to be kind of an inherent trait that people want to believe that 
something more powerful than them, something above them is in charge, right? That, that as they feel out of control in their day-to-day lives, that something, someone is there you know, to give things meaning or to come and protect them. You know, they, and there are many who kind of replace that belief in a supreme being with the government, right? If, as long as the government is, you know, can come in and protect us from everything, all is well. Right. That they, they seem to believe it. And you can see their response to the pandemic or to social programs or the criminal justice system. As long as someone is there to make things nice, then everything is good. All is well. Again, you can't believe in the supreme being, but you can believe in the government. And you, they go and they believe these things, even if they counter all you know, thousands of years of human existence, they, they counter anything that you have been taught as a child in science and in genetics. You, you know, the definition of genetics in, that you learned in, in, or gender in science class is now completely on its head. Why? I don't know. Right? I mean, yeah, ask somebody who believes in gender theory to define a man or woman, you will get the most circular nonsense you will i mean your head will spin and they get they they want to do their own thing and live their life the way that they want to fine whatever but if you actually try to have them explain it and make sense you are in for a wild ride it is it is crazy but again there's this really weird hostility towards all things religion um you know, much like you know the a weird kind of hostility towards any opposition to co- you know COVID mandates, um, or they they respond to the like the COVID mandates. I mean, if if you have an opposition to COVID mandates, they will come at you hard, just like they would t- towards you know religion. It's it's a it's a, a dogma, right? So you, as much as people want to displace religion and uh, theology with something else. Their zeal to believe in whatever they they believe in is religious in nature, and that is something that you know cannot be you know, denied whatsoever. But it, it's something that always occurs to me, as you know, th- you know, this time of year, as as those of us in the Christian world are celebrating Christmas, and even those of us who may not you know celebrate it on a on a religious level, but it's more cultural. You know, there's still some some virtue in that, and that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. Um, but every time that you know, t- time of year comes around, it always is something that I think about. You know, that how how less and less people put an emphasis on religion, but they replace that with something else in a, a similar fashion. Again, just kind of an irony that uh, that I've noticed here as a a cynical member of our Gen X uh, fraternity. So with that, you know, I hope that you are having a wonderful Christmas season. I hope you are enjoying your holidays and have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy New Year, and hopefully, you know, things will turn around. But again, if if you grew up Gen X, you're you're very uh, skeptical that that will be the case. But, you know, we we won't give up. We'll still live in our life and 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 do what we want to do and and we won't uh, apologize for it. So, with that, Merry Christmas. And a shout out to Rankin Bass. Till next time, whatever. <laughs>